Welcome to the ghastly episode of the Greyhorn Pagans Podcast. Close your eyes, say your prayers, and listen if you dare. Come here, little one. And we are live. We are back on the Greyhorn Pagans Podcast. Sorry, I have to compose myself a little. We were already getting into all kinds of jokes, like all kinds of giggling was already going on um so it is a bunch of people on here uh my guest for today is jewel cavazos cavazos yes yes <laughs> well awesome done. thank you thank you um co-hosted together with brenda from horrifying history and her lovely sidekick firefay um so yeah it is gonna be a interesting show um before we start before we start off i do have one thing i want to ask the uh the audience and that is to please please vote for the gray or pagans podcast for best um spirituality and religion podcasts for the podcast awards 2023 because uh, that'd be awesome, you know, as an indie podcaster, like I've been doing this for not even a year and a half now. So it'd be awesome. Thank you. Go, just go vote. Link is on Twitter. I've been spamming it like crazy. So with that out of the way, Jewel, thank you for, uh, thank you for coming. Thank you. For, thank you for uh, having me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So um, yeah, introduce yourself. What do you, what do you do? What's your, what's your niche? <laughs> Hi, um, well, I'm Jewel, and um, I am a um, horror actress and alt model and uh, goth musician, um, currently working out of Denver, um, partially out of LA as well, um, in the United States. Um, and so a uh, little bit of everything, um, but uh, in terms of my acting, I am mostly horror. If you have looked at my IMDb or anything like that, it is a maturity horror film. So that is who I am, and that is what I do. <laughs> awesome. She's yeah, from I, my neck of the woods. Yeah, she is, actually. That's right. I, that's right. I watched some of the uh, the content. I watched some of the, the clips from your um, uh, that are posted on your link tree. And of course, I tried to find that incredibly um, obscure horror movie that you uh, you starred in. Uh, and I think like that movie in particular is best left to be obscure. <laughs> We, we can yes we can we can definitely leave it as as such i i completely yeah. understand yeah <laughs> but let's just say i'm 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 glad i have a working vpn and the ability to spoof email addresses because um, <laughs> i don't know what kind of viruses i otherwise would have on my desktop computer now <laughs> yeah yeah so, uh speaking of that movie um what what made you like want to work that movie what made you want to to play in that movie because it's it's certainly not the script uh, 
Um, that film actually came about, um, I ended up and it's, it's, it, you did not, you did, you didn't, didn't really miss me in that movie either. Um, I, it's, it's actually, I'm very obscure in that film, um, which for a very obscure film is fine. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it was one of those films I ended up in, uh, uh, you know, I, I was, um, people I was working with, I was training with at the time were also working on that film and they said, Hey, we need somebody to come in and do this. You know, it's already comfortable on camera, that sort of thing. And so just one little kind of bit scene that was in, in that, in that, in that particular film <laughs> that, that, uh, I ended up, ended up kind of going in and working on. So. Okay. So well, I... it was, it was a, like a, just as a favor. As a and... favor, yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, I have a question for you, not about that film, but what made you want to become an actress to begin with? Um, acting kind of, it's kind of funny. Um, I, I sort of, I went into acting kind of by accident. Um, I was a very, very shy, very reserved kid. Um, I was around adults all the time, so I didn't really socialize with kids my own age. And in a, and I wasn't really great at sports. I wasn't really great at, you know, I wasn't really into, into all of this stuff. And so as a desperate, desperate attempt to find something to get me to socialize with other kids, um, I was, um, voluntold by my, by my, by my parents and, um, my mom, my grandparents, um, I was going to audition for a play. And it was through this amazing organization called Missoula Children's Theater. They're initially based out of um, Missoula, Montana, here in the U.S., but they have small companies that travel all around um, the United States putting on um, these small musicals for, um, it basically introduces kids to the arts, which is, mm -hmm. it's an amazing program. And it's very low, um, low commitment. So it's great for something, if it's if something you've never done before. You audition for the show on a Monday and they perform two um, two full performances on the following Saturday. So it's definitely a crash course in, in, in acting as well, because you're, you know, at, you know, I was six years old and here I am doing a full, you know, a full length musical within a week. Wow. Um, wow. so <laughs> um, I first, the first musical I did, I was, it was Pinocchio and I was literally just this little tiny little ballerina doll that popped out of a toy box for 30 seconds on stage, did a couple of little twirls and then jumped back <laughs> into the toy box and ran away. <laughs> But it was enough. And it was enough that I kind of found, I found, I found, I found a happy place. And I found kind of like-minded, like people. I was, I was creative in a way that I didn't know at the time that I was creative until I was put into this section of the arts. Um, so I continued on with theater from there. And then um, film started, film kind of came in later on. So. Hmm. So what do you like best about being an actress? Um, I, one, I love, I love being trusted to bring somebody else's artistic visions to life. Um, you get a script like put in front of you and, and it's, it's written, but it's still kind of a blank slate and it's up to you to kind of interpret what's on the page. And of course you're working with a team to do that, but I, I love the idea of bringing these, these different people, these different characters to life and, and getting to kind of be a different person every time, every time I'm on stage. Um, and so it's, it's, it's definitely just a, it's a niche that I have, I've fallen in love with doing. Um, it, it's, it's the one place where ironically, as you're playing somebody else every time, but it's the one place that I truly feel like I'm completely myself at the same time. That's amazing. So 
just to lead off that, and then I'll give everything back to you. Uh, <laughs> what, so what made you focus your skills toward the horror industry? Um, the horror industry actually kind of, again, it kind of, I kind of fell into it. Um, I had done, uh, my first film I ever actually was in was a, um, it was a TV miniseries that was actually filmed here in Denver and a very small featured extra part. Um, I grew up on film sets, ironically as well, long before I actually started even acting. Um, cause Denver actually used to be a really, really big hub for a lot of, a lot of, especially a lot of TV, which you don't think of Denver as being no. a terribly large, Denver, really? I never would have yeah. thought that. No. Um, but, um, at the time when I was younger, uh, my, my grandfather was actually, he'd, he'd worked on heavy diesel mechanics and things like that. And he ended up with, you know, encountering the right person, the same person, um, and ended up working on all of their heavy equipment so at like three and four years old i was usually home with my grandfather while my mom and my grandmother were out doing all mm -hmm. kinds of things and so he was on call for all of these these big productions because if something went down that was you know literally hundreds of dollars upon the minute that oh yeah any of for the sure. equipment was down and so he was he was on call and so he'd get a call at noon on you know on a tuesday and he had little three four-year-old me sitting there with him they had nowhere else, not, nothing else to do. Well, she's going to work. She's going to work with me. And, and of course, everybody was always really great about it. Um, and so that's kind of how that's kind of how I ended up on my first film, which was which was um, Dying to be Perfect. And I was I was a marathon runner for that one. Um, but horror kind of came later. I'd done martial arts film. I'd done martial arts film before. That was the, the first first film that I was ever really, really heavily involved in working in. Um, and I kind of ended up, I take, took a little bit of hiatus, um, from a whole lot of, a whole lot of film acting while I was, you know, finishing, finishing up high school and things like that. And, um, I ended up just answering an audition ad. They were looking for what was supposed to be, you know, this very bit part for this zombie kind of apocalypse, um, web series show kind of a thing, which it was really, you know, it was one of those things that was, Oh, I, I, I believe I've. I've seen that one. Is that like the um, the one on YouTube, like on your uh, your link tree? It's one of them. Yes, yes, the Vampire yeah, yeah. Chronicles. Yeah, yeah, I've seen um, that. And uh, yeah, that was, so that was a good one, though. No, I liked it. it I was, liked it. It was, it was, it was funny because um, the character I play in that is Agent Zero, who is the Black Widow, um, which was such a fun character to play. And it would initially started off as she was just supposed to be kind of this almost Batman-esque character. She kind of came in to save the day when they needed her to. <laughs> and um, she's she's not a zombie. She's not a vampire, but she's definitely not human either. Mm -hmm. um, she's kind of been this ge like generated um, creature, you know, hybrid, whatever she was um, to help these, these agents who are now trying to control the zombie outbreak. And she's she's the one that they call in when their backs against the wall, and they're like, "Okay, we can't do this alone." Um, and it's funny because she was supposed to just be this 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 little drop in character, and she ended up being. I ended up we started working on our own spinoff for her, what she was doing, you know, what she other things she was doing, and they, we had a whole backstory that was going to be built for her, um, and it was actually really tragic <laughs> in 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 terms of how she came about. Um, but you know again the the i was very fortunate i had a director and, and the director and producer he 
you know, took a lot of faith in me, you know, when, when he cast me and, you know, I had very, very little, you know, little on the page initially, and then it just kind of expanded from there. So um, that was my first real, real exposure into going into horror movies um, in terms of acting in them. Um, but I'd been obsessed with them since I was a kid. Um, that was always the don't tell your grandma. And we would go and rent like <laughs> nobody was home. And my, my grandfather would, that was all of my best stories involved my grandfather, I swear. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was always, always like, you know, Hey, don't, you know, don't, it was always, first of all, it started off with don't tell your grandma because we would always watch like the really violent Western movies that mm -hmm. we were, you know, that she never wanted me to watch. Oh, that's um, the gateway drug right there. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently watching Tombstone at like five was enough. Um, but uh, that's probably, uh, I'm not going to figure out that timeline. Um, but uh, but then it started into, hey, I kind of want to watch this one. And we started with like the old school Hammer horror movies and, and stuff like that. One of the first ones I viscerally, viscerally remember watching is um, uh, Phantom of the Opera. And it was the uh, Claude Rains version. I've seen yeah. all of them and I yeah. am obsessed with Phantom of the Opera across the mm -hmm. board, but it was the Claude Rains version of, of Phantom of the Opera, which I found out later. It's actually a very fun, it's fun how much that that one actually kind of ties into, into my lifestyle at this point, because um, one of the main, the main protagonists in that movie is actually portrayed by Nelson Eddy, who was a phenomenal musician and everything else. But I am actually related to Nelson Eddy though, through my grandmother. So that was a very cool little trivia thing to have after after the fact. I'm like, wait, he's like my fourth cousin or something to that effect. I have a <laughs> genealogy treat, but it was actually really cool. Um, so I'd, I'd always been kind of obsessed with horror and, you know, and, and started getting more and more into, you know, I got, went through the entire hammer catalog by the time I was probably 11 <laughs> and then started in on all the other franchise ones all of the um things like you know all of the the, the Friday the 13th and the Nightmare on Elm Street and mm -hmm. and you know just started going in on and I just I remember like sitting there watching the first um the the first Friday the 13th movie and my grandfather just going <laughs> we get caught i'm in so much trouble <laughs> and so and it was the same same thing with the first nightmare on elm street he's like i am so dead if they walk in anytime sooner than i think they're going to i am in so much trouble i have no idea how she found this movie no clue whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> um so it it just kind of it's kind of it kind of evolved that way and where i'm at right now it tends to be a pretty pretty popular genre in terms of filming as well so mm -hmm. um and it seems to be a pretty popular genre in filming across the board um is in so and it's 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 easy to make good quality without spending a ton of money for horror because mm -hmm. sometimes mm -hmm. there's not necessarily even an element that you see that is, you know, you don't necessarily, you know, sometimes those, those are the ones that always get me is when you don't see the big bad right away. Well, the Blair Witch yeah. is a perfect example mm -hmm. of that. Exactly. It, you know, yeah. Zero oh, budget yeah. and look how huge it was. Exactly. Exactly. And so many like terrible spin-offs from oh, that. Oh, yes. But that's, that's with, <laughs> with every. First one, number one. Number oh, two, yeah. that doesn't exist in my world. <laughs> I, I know there's a number two. I've probably seen so it bad. just because so I like the first one so much, but I don't remember it. And that probably says enough. It's um, no, don't, don't waste the time. No, <laughs> Money grab. I, yeah. I, it's, it's I, not I, a good one. I mean, I've, I've already wasted 15 minutes on like another movie that I, you know, shouldn't be watching just because of the, 
quality or like their own. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes those are the best. This one was not the case. <laughs> no, no. Like, I mean, I, like with with a uh, a brother and a sister both working in the uh, film industry as scriptwriters, um, I, you know, you, you kind of get infected with it. You kind of get to know like which movies you should be watching and all. Especially my sister, like she is really um, like the art house kind of girl and likes the the obscure movies and all the big budget stuff. It's like, yeah, you know, fine, whatever, you know, it's big money. It doesn't matter. It sucks. Um, but so uh, like I know what it's what movies are, you know, good movies on a low budget. And if I don't, I'll just ask my sister for a top 10 and she could be 20. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like this, this one just, um, I, I, let's just say I can see why you like just did it as a favor. Um, <laughs> so, um, what acting role did you find the most challenging and why? Oh, wow. Um, See, I was helping Firefay with her resume, so I got like resume based questions. It feels like such a cop out answer to say, but like, I feel like every one of them kind of i i approach every single role no matter big or small they end up being i approach them all very very similarly and so whether it is you know it's it's me getting my legs smashed to pieces in terror tales um which is is a, a, a film i was in um here not too long ago or you know if it's a music video that i am getting absolutely obliterated in because a demon has taken over the band um yeah. you know it's it's whether it's that or it's something as more complex as as agent zero or um really any of any of the, any of the roles i've played i always kind of approach them very similarly and i'm the kind of person that if i don't see a challenge in a role in one way or another like whatever that may be whether it's okay how can i you know even if it's like two three lines how can i get into this if i don't find any kind of challenge or excitement i'm not going to take the part like to mm -hmm. begin with um because i you know I, if i already have all the answers when i go in then it's it's not really an exploratory process yes, where's the challenge exactly and it's it's not the it's not the artistic build that i would like to have so mm -hmm. So it's, it's a little bit of a cop out, but, and, and, and I, and I recognize that, but, um, I think, I think honestly, every, everything that I've played, um, through, and that goes, and that, that holds true to between, you know, my film stuff and doing, um, doing theater and, and so, uh, any of the roles I've played now, I've played some very, very intense roles, especially in theater. Um, and those are always their own interesting challenges because you know if you're in this moment and all of a sudden somebody's cell phone in the audience is going off trying to stay in that in that moment can be can be yeah. really difficult um but i think one of the the most challenging ones i had like you know very recently is there's there's one um little green men that it was a, a micro short that was done um out in la um <laughs> well it was staying in a very very high intense emotional state through all of pretty much all of filming <laughs> yeah because you those are the challenges there mm -hmm. so yeah i've i've watched that one too of course you know it's like 
what is it like only six minutes long or like maybe mm -hmm. even shorter um i can imagine like having to like kind of stay in that that feeling of panic and terror mm -hmm. it's that's draining. gonna be hard i yeah mm -hmm. i imagine it just like be very energetically draining it can be it really really can be and you know and, and and you know you're you're i'm 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 definitely one of those people that you know when those scenes are over i can kind of okay you know drop you know i can drop off or if you know we're taking a break the hardest part is is when you take a break from those scenes for whatever reason and then have to go right back to it and you have to get yeah. right back into that build that that can be that can be a challenge as well i can imagine um, and so um, so, so those, those are, those also are, because you kind of get into that brain set and you get into that, that rhythm. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh, okay. I'm going to go and have my burrito now and do whatever. And then I have to come back and go back into this place. But, but that's, that's why I do what I do. And that's what I do. So, you know, it's one of those things that that's, that's my job is to, to figure out how to get into whatever that mindset is and whatever that place is. Mm -hmm. So have you ever, just stacking on the, what you just said here, have you ever had to play a part that was in opposition to your value or moral set? And how did you, how did you go through that process? Like, how did you get past the moral dilemma? Well, I mean, <laughs> when you've played a killer several times, I guess they're always sort of against your, your own moral code. Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, but, and I've, I've, it's, it's one of those things of, I, I'm, you know, whenever, whenever I get a script in front of me and stuff like that, there's always that process of, you know, looking through and, and I've been, I've been blessed in a way that I haven't had to necessarily make that choice on something where I haven't had to necessarily take a role that is completely opposite of something that, you know, that I find, you know, very, very morally reprehensible or anything like that. Um, I haven't been put into that position. Um, mm -hmm. I've had several friends that have that have had to do that. And they've had to make, you know, those choices. But at the same token, I think there's a fine line there too, of I'm also I'm paid to do a job. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that is not me. Um, you know, being that person, like I've had to play some terrible, terrible human beings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, I know I'm not that person. And that's why it's acting. So, um, but again, I haven't, I haven't had to necessarily had to looked at something and went, Oh, Oh, I, I don't know if this is, this is something I can do. Like, for example, I was thinking that, uh, you know, that they had put out on Netflix this year, the Dahmer. Mm -hmm. And, and again, being, I would imagine to a certain extent, you have to be like a method actor to a certain extent mm -hmm. to be able to really embrace a role. How would a person embrace Dahmer? Yeah. And that's, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's done, it's been done, you know, before and, you know, and, and Evan Peters was amazing in that series. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, but it's like, and I'd actually seen a series uh, or not a series, but a film of that, ver of, of that story. Yeah, I've seen several incarnations of that story through the years, but um, Jeremy Renner, that was actually one of the very early, early mm -hmm. films he had in his career. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing that at like 16, 17, somewhere in there. And I was horrified. And so there was a weird correlation going back when all of a sudden he was Hawkeye. And then, and then all of a sudden I went, wait a second. <laughs> what do um, you mean bow and arrows? No, <laughs> no. Um, but, um, but I think, I think there's, there's, there's always, there's always going to be kind of that, that, that moment of, of, 
you know, embracing embracing a character like that and especially one that actually exists in that sense mm-hmm. of you know and then and someone that there is like a, a heavy stigma about because for very good reason mm-hmm. um because you know and and i know there was there's was a lot of controversy because you know a lot of people didn't that are still families of the victims didn't want that series really made and things like that um and so I think that's, I think, feel like that would almost be harder for me to process as an actor mm-hmm. of, am I being disrespectful to these people if right. they're not wanting a project like this done yeah. versus mm-hmm. actually embodying the character themselves? Because I, I feel like that would kind of be where, where personally, like my, my line would, my line would lie a little bit more rather than finding that, 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 that place and, and reconciling that with myself in terms of playing that role. But am I being disrespectful to something? And, or is this, is how this project set up being disrespectful to that? Exactly. Like, like how I see it and using this as a great example and please chip in. Uh, but, <laughs> but I, I would see it as playing a character. You're going in and doing your job, but then you hear a reaction mm-hmm. and, I, I don't know if I could, I give you all props. I don't know if I esteem wise could balance that in, in, you know, how hard that would be, but you have to look at, it's important to tell that story. So it doesn't happen again, mm-hmm. but you also have to be respectful. So I yeah. think, you know, going back to the talk about the screenwriters earlier, that is their job to really balance that a little bit more. Wouldn't you think? I think so. I think there, I think there is something to be done. And I think that that falls on, on, on an entire like production team and stuff like that to make sure that stories like that are being told in a respectful and, um, you know, uh, reverent fashion, you know, um, to know that, yeah. you know, and also not glorifying something that has happened and, mm-hmm. you know, like that, like, you know, using, using, you know, Dahmer as his prime example um, and, you know, being very careful not to, not to not to glorify those things but if you're if you're telling the story because you want to tell that story in in the sense of you know this story does need to be out people need to know these things like you said um you know finding finding that balance then i think is is definitely on it's on an entire production crew i think even before like any of the any of your performers are brought onto it yeah i was i was gonna i was gonna say that because you know with both my siblings being script writers like their job is just to translate the story and mm-hmm. translate it to you know the silver screen or you know the smaller screen or whatever so yeah of course they you know have to respect it as well because you know especially with those kind of people it's absolutely terrible and there's still yeah. a yeah. lot of trauma involved and definitely generational trauma which is gonna go on for some time mm-hmm. um but like it's it's the uh, like I'd say it's everything else like actually putting it on screen and how it's filmed and how mm-hmm. the character is portrayed that um, that has the biggest impact because I mean that that's that's the thing with um, how far are we in ah, thirty minutes okay I can I can say without you know getting any algorithm troubles like ooh, the mighty algorithm <laughs> those but, algorithms oh motherfuckers <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know the thing with with serial killers you know everybody's always like oh you know he was such a nice guy like i didn't expect it of him he was just you know a charismatic young man but you know he did do all that horrible stuff so how do you translate that on screen without um you know, getting accused, which is, you know, happening a lot of 
you know, glorifying mm-hmm. it or making him seem better than he actually is. Like, yeah, he was a he was a charismatic man, of course. Mm-hmm. And that's like, why he you, did what he did. Yeah. Exactly. Like you don't get so many people to trust you if you don't seem trustworthy, if you're not able to well, in his case, then you know, put on that facade, mm-hmm. put on that char- that that charisma, you know. Otherwise, you know, it would just be I mean, he just like, you know, spree killing. Just get yeah. as, as much mm-hmm. as possible in one go and let that be that. But no, you know, it's well, I so, remember an interview that he did too. I hate talking about the stuff, but I remember hearing an interview that he did that he actually wanted to end his life first, but he didn't. And the way he felt, quote unquote, alive was by doing those things. Mm-hmm. He felt like he didn't deserve to be here. Like mm-hmm. That was the one thing that he reiterated. He's like, I know what I did was wrong. But I wanted to end my own life. But the way I felt alive was by doing what he did. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is the ultimate sense of power, of course, to literally have someone else's life in your hands. And to okay. channel that onto screen and to be able to show that on screen. Um, There's a lot of talk in the true crime world, for example, right now, when it comes to ethics and true crime. Mm -hmm. And and where's the balance between getting paid for a job versus and telling the story and hurting victims? And again, with victims, you know, they got, you know, obviously the movie Dahmer would affect affect them. But again, the story is going to be told. How do you tell it? Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it has to do with everything, like the playwrights all the way to the proper direction, um, the whole ideology of how you want to do it onto the actors to be able to mm-hmm. portray that correctly. And that's where Evan Peters, he did an excellent job. Yeah. Excellent job. I can't even watch it because he did, from what I've heard, he did such a good job on portraying him that he's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to step back away from these roles for a while because... Yeah, this is even too much for me to do. Yeah, and he was... had to channel that. He said he's stepping completely back mm-hmm. from doing any kind was, of role yeah. like this again. Yeah, and you'll no, see that, was... that happen. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah, that was another thing that I was gonna gonna bring up that you often hear from those method actors that they um, that they have trouble getting out of the role, getting mm-hmm. out of the character. Mm-hmm. And Christian Bale is a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. And he's oh, talked yeah. about that a lot because he's played some dark people. I don't know how I could put myself in to pull myself out. And that's where I'm not an actress. <laughs> but I think that takes worse. a really, really strong yeah. morality combined with a very strong sense of self to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's why we lost Heath Ledger the way we did is because he studied becoming the Joker so heavily that in my mind and from my sense, Mm -hmm. he became the Joker Mm -hmm. and he couldn't pull himself back. And that's why if you read the writings that he did and the things that he had to do to prepare for that, no one was prepared to lose lose Heath Ledger the way that we did because Mm -hmm. he just, he, went to a dark hole and he had it he didn't have anyone i mean yeah he had his daughter 
yes, he had his ex-wife, but, well, and the Olsen twins, but he didn't have that support mm-hmm. that you need to take on those roles. And that's why with me, I loved theater. I did. Mm-hmm. And I loved the behind the scenes. I love doing the sci-fi makeup. I love doing special effects. I love doing all of that. I couldn't do my do those roles at all because I know it would probably destroy whatever I have left in my head. And that's why, Miss Jewel, I give you amazing props for what you do because I couldn't do it because our job it would it it would destroy me. Like it will literally destroy me. And that's, that's one of those things. I think it's, it's my, my, my background and stuff, what I've, you know, what I've done outside of, outside of my acting and stuff like that. One of the things I was actually doing in school, and I feel like it's definitely made me a better actor through across the board as a whole um, in terms of referencing, you know, knowing how to pull myself back has nothing to actually necessarily do with acting is one of the big things I studied in school um, outside of, outside of, um, English and performance was psychology. Mm-hmm. And so I have I have like this, you know, kind of this this other insight in, in psychology. And one of the things I actually did research, I ended up doing a lot of research papers on while I was doing while I was studying psychology side of things, um, was um cults and serial killers and abnormal psychology within that and and identifying that that within you know within those those what you know what made those people you know one to actually find that find that okay this is this is where that brain set is because you can't approach those roles either with that stigma in your head Mm -hmm. because these people that don't necessarily know what they were doing wrong if you have it, it, it it can you know it can change your performance and so you do have to kind of understand where to put that, where to put that in. But I think the psychology side of it for me has always helped me know, no, this is where, this is where that line is. This is where, this is where Jewel is. And, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not going to go beyond, you know, I, I know, I know how to, I know how to pull Jewel back. I know how, I know where, I know where Jewel is. And, um, you know, there's, there's never that, never that line that's completely, that's completely crossed. And, and I think, I think that's, and I think that's the, the true idea of like, you know, behind method acting is, yeah, you need to be able to get into that place. But, you know, one of the best thing, I think it, I, I think it was, I think it was Robert De Niro, I'm going to quote it wrong, is my boy, why don't you just act? is is one of those those phrases that comes up around method acting a lot is you know i'm not gonna method act getting you know ran through with with a machete like that's just Mm -hmm. not (laughs) i'm never gonna (laughs) let me rephrase that i never want to know how that feels (laughs) Um, you know know, i've I've had to do i've actually done i did early in my career i did stuff with like um training scenario stuff for law enforcement and i was like we i had a guy that i trained with that wanted to be tased by the law enforcement that were on set so that he understood how to react to a taser and they're like do you want to do that i'm like no nah, <laughs> i don't need to be tased to act that like i, I can imagine i'm good I, I'm, I'm, that's why it's <laughs> acting thank you um you know i don't i don't need to get hit in the face to know how it's gonna hurt to get hit in the face you know so i know exactly fine line there of of I understand people that, you know, kind of need to need to find something to. And for me, there's always for me, for me, it's always been music is I can use music to find a mental place to get into for performances and that sort of thing. So oh, that's I, nice. lo- 
I looked up the quote real quick, by the way, and it's from uh, Lawrence Olivier or Lawrence okay. Oliver um, on the set of Marathon Man to Dustin Hoffman. Okay, I was way off, but <laughs> who had announced that he'd gone three days without sleep in order to become his character? Uh, to which uh, Lawrence said, "My dear boy, why don't you try acting?" <laughs> so. If you could play any existing horror book, movie, or TV character, who would it be and why? Oh, <laughs> I, I prepared. Um, so right now, I don't know if any of you are familiar um, with the. This is this is one of those 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 bucket list dream roles. I don't know if it would ever happen because I don't know if it could actually be translated to screen properly or not. Um, I don't know if you guys are terribly familiar with Laura Clay Hamilton. Um, she's an author. She has, um, some of her books have been actually put into Marvel comic books as well now. Um, but she has a character that is Anita Blake and she is a, uh, registered, uh, she's a U.S. Marshal, but she is also a vampire executioner. Oh, that'd be awesome. And she is... <laughs> That's, so essentially what, what happens in these in these stories is it's kind of it's kind of an offset verse of 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 our own it's it's set in a very very you know normal it's set in st louis um but essentially all the things that go bump in the night actually exist in this this version of of the world um werewolves vampires all of them are very commonplace that sort of thing um and so what this this woman um anita has done is she was um inherently born first of all with the ability of necromancy so that is what she does in part of her real job her main part of her job is she is a necromancer and in this world necromancers are actually for hire they can bring them in zombie if they have a strong enough necromancer zombies can actually come back and testify in their own like you know this is <laughs> if there's like a discrepancy in a will something like that i love these that companies can, these companies can literally these families can literally hire this hire these necromancers to go in and say raise this dead relative and say is this what you put in the will is this what this is we should that have would... that I was gonna say that would be so handy. I know, wouldn't it? <laughs> kind of scary. I know but who so you bring handy. back. I oh, know who sure. you bring back, huh? Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Um, but so, and that's in the other side of her job is she is a U.S. marshal, which it gives them, you know, a uh, uh, bigger territory than regular law enforcement, um, because unfortunately, a prison cell is not going to hold a vampire the same way that no. they, they can't. They can't do that, and they they they're never going to die in captivity. Um, so if a vampire has actually, you know, has, has gone outside of the confines of what is deemed legal, because there, there are legal things that vampires can and cannot do and stuff within, within society as well, um, they basically have a three strike rule and then the vampires are executed. She is someone that is legally, she has to have an execution order, that sort of thing. It goes through an entire court process. Um, she works with law enforcement. She gets brought in as an investigator on, you know, what do you think this is? What, you know, they, the preternatural, there's an entire branch of most law enforcement divisions, a preternatural branch that investigates, you know, the strange and the spooky things that happen. Um, mm -hmm. And she works with them frequently and she's got her own, <laughs> she's got her own own kind of crazy stuff that is happening in her life yeah. as well um not only do i love the books and that and i love the characters so much but it has a very very special place in my heart um my sister who passed away um several years ago um read the books first and she actually read the book the first book threw the book at me and went it's freaking you 
and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> um, granted, that that's opinion funny. changed a little bit later on based on some of the stuff that the character started doing. So that's fine. Um, but the personality <laughs> and everything else, it was she was very much like, it's you. So I started I started reading the books and I fell in love. I fell in love with the character. She's she's inherently so flawed and she has she has so much depth in that kind of thing. And so yeah, I think I think if, if I ever got to actually play like pick a that's that's one of those bucket list like character things. It's like if that happens, I was like, I will be making every online campaign I can. Sounds great. It kind of sounds like um to me like kind of a uh, Blades meets Ghostbusters meets like yeah. law enforcement. Yeah, supernatural. A supernatural. Yeah, yeah, supernatural. A lot of supernatural. A lot of the a lot of the character um, really really um, uh, uh, brings brings to brings to life uh, um, a lot of a lot of very old school detective stories kind of pop into my head mm -hmm. when I'm reading these stories. Is it's kind of how the book started? Is there's these there's always a mystery to solve and she's got, she's got to help figure out how to do this. And there's always like a timeline and there's, you know, there's, there's crazy things that are happening and, and it's just, it's so much fun. So. Sounds like an adult version of Scooby-Doo too. In a a little bit, a little bit, especially as the stories kind of evolve and the characters that kind of get brought into this world. It's a very, very warped Scooby gang, but. <laughs> sounds like supernatural. Cause that's what um, my son, he's so cute. He's like, Hey mom, when can I watch Supernatural with you? I want to watch Dean and Sam. And I'm just like, when you're older, when you're older. And it's like, now that you're talking about this book, it's like, could you imagine a crossover with Supernatural with this book? Yes. It would yes, be I can. It would be perfect. The other one that I would love to see a crossover is stories of the Dresden Files. Yes. I think it would cross over yes. the Dresden Files pretty well, too. I think they just need to bring all of those kind of shows together and make it happen. Because like they did that with Supernatural cars. and Scooby-Doo. We'll never leave our TVs again. <laughs> no, 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 we probably not. fight it. I'll do this special effects makeup. If this happens, I will do this special effects makeup. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's my niche, oh, is the special we, effects. That's awesome. We'd all get so fat just ordering Uber Eats and watching those movies. And... Over, over, and over. <laughs> no, you would because you'd see me doing the special effects. You'd see Brenda fangirling, and then you'd see Jewel doing the rolls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you would hire me just like as the handyman, as the muscle, you know, just go do that errand. <laughs> <I'm laughs> Honey, I need a passion. vanilla latte with three drips with. Coconut milk, please. Make sure that there's a lot of foam. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, love. Bye. Okay. <laughs> the thing is, for Firefay, I would do it too. Um, Aww. Yeah. Don't um, make me blush. Oh. I'm, I'm stuck with her. Uh. <laughs> so, who is your favorite actor or actress and why? Oh, gosh. See, you're going to regret asking me on this show because I got <laughs> questions. She took the question right out of my head. So there we go. Um, oh, wow. Um, God, there's so many. There are so many for so many reasons. Um, uh, do, 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 do. um, shoot. Um, this is, this is, this is going to be, uh, Wow. Okay, um, we yeah, can do you're, different you're, stages of your life. No, you can we do, do different stages of your life. Now let's do round table. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. 
I'll even start. Oh, Favorite no. female would have to be Meryl Streep. But it was after she did that movie with Alec Baldwin where she started sleeping with the ex. I don't know. It, like, Baldwin was her ex-husband. And then she started sleep or starting dating Steve Martin. And Alec Baldwin was so funny in this as like the desperate ex and they start having an affair. And it was it was kind of the nice way to see finally her getting into her comedic chops. And she's funny as heck. And that's why I loved her in that one. Male, I'm going to go horror industry. And you guys are not going to suspect who I choose, but he's actually one of my favorite actors of all time is Tim Curry. In the original. I can Ant, see that. I can actually see that with you. But Tim Curry in the movie Clue. Oh, he's so funny. Yeah. Best comedy ever. And the guy has diversity. Like he went from the butler all the way to it. And mm -hmm. honest to God, he gives the creepiest it. Oh, mm -hmm. no okay, that's why I'm afraid of clowns. That is exactly why I'm afraid of clowns. That's what made me not like clowns, is that that is him in that role. I know that didn't oh, help my he... phobia of clowns. I know that did not help my phobia of clowns. Okay, so the three girls have a phobia so, of clowns. Nice. He did it so well, though. Like, I... I prefer the uh the original it over the new one i mean the new yeah. one is the new one was it's nasty right. it's it's creepy as, it's as all but... it's creepy as all hell but just the like the old school clown just like, and you try to do his voice and i want to kick your butt every time <laughs> the original the original pennywise is just brilliance yeah in, in horror it absolutely is so yeah. who's your favorite one since you're you're ready to go Oh, which me. oh, who? What? Either oh, no, whoever who? wants a shout out, your turn. I went. Your turn. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Okay, it's a TV series, and Stein will tell you I'm obsessed. I love Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki. Well, who doesn't? Yeah, I love them in the sense because this is going to be real talk for a minute. Is because Jensen has been so supportive of Jared and his mental illnesses. And that's why I fell in love with Supernatural when it first came out. And I followed it for 15 seasons is because each monster that they faced, whether it was a vampire, whether it was a skinwalker, whether it was a werewolf, it showed you how to fight your inner demon and how to fight your fight and that's why i'm so like a super fan of that show is because even though i tell my son all the time he saved me from myself that show saved me in so many ways and it's the same with everyone else who watches that show mm -hmm. they can tell you that they were contemplating the bad way of going and they watched that show and they saved them from doing it and they saved me through my divorce they saved me through the pain the guilt everything that i was feeling during that time they saved me from that part of myself and i'm gonna get mushy here but fox is my my Jared and my Jensen. He's saved me from myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're shipping it. So that's where um, I'm thankful for that show. 
And I would give anything to tell the boys, thank you for what they've done for so many people with so many mental problems because they do, they have saved a lot of people. And I'm not going to cry on the air, so you guys are not going to hear me get crying. <laughs> <laughs> so that's real talk on the favorite boys. I also like Mishan Collins in that show. We're not going to spoil it because he hasn't seen the show yet. But Misha I've seen, brought... I've seen episode one. Okay, okay. because I told you to watch episode, episode two without me. I will watch episode two. Just I, I need I, episode I have one. So was... much content I still need to watch and 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 do research on and whatever. Like now, episode okay, one but... was specifically written because in season one they were planning each episode to be a standalone. It was by the time mm -hmm. they hit season two they decided with the storyline on, which I thought mm -hmm. itself was really brilliant because it took a lot of the old school horror and modernized mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. exactly and that's why i loved it because like i'm not a fan of horror movies fox can tell you i will not watch any horror movie i will just not do it i'll watch all and... the horror movies <laughs> same you guys can have a friend day <laughs> but my favorite actress her. i would have to say would be oh what's her name she was in the series what was her name she was in supernatural what's her name which one? What's her character? Sheriff. Sheriff. Oh, oh. Um, I want to say I want to say Jody, but I know that's not her real name. Uh, yeah, Kim. That's yes, Kim Rhodes. Jody. Yeah, yeah. Kim Rhodes. Kim Rhodes. She is an advocate for so many things. I mean, I'm being real. I'm being real. Um, she was only supposed to have one episode. She was only supposed to be on one episode. But she became, I'm sorry for the spoilers on, I really am, but she became the mother that Dean and Sam never had. Mm -hmm. And that's where it became like apparent that Kim Rhodes did the same thing for a lot of people in real life too. She became the mom that mm -hmm. people didn't have. And that series, in itself saved a lot of people mm -hmm. and that's why i'm so disappointed in the fact that the winchesters sucked as bad as it did <laughs> <laughs> i can't even finish watching the last episode because it was just so not like the storyline that you would expect and so those are my favorite actors and actresses because, you know, I did grow up with Ken Rhodes. I mean, people don't realize that she was in Secret Life with Zach and Cody. She was mm -hmm. the mom there, too. And so, you know, she does have that motherly instinct. And you can see it in her acting. Okay. And she loves her fans. When you go to the conventions and stuff. Oh my God, just the way she is with those fans. And it's the same way with Jared and Jensen. I always watch convention clip bits off of YouTube. And the one that sticks with me is there was this young girl. She was diagnosed with depression and she didn't know she was going to make it because she was really struggling and she found Supernatural. And she broke down <laughs> and started crying as she was telling them how much they had impacted her life and how they saved her from herself. 
and she was crying and they all went to the stage, grabbed the mic from her, set the mic down. And they had a good 15 minutes with just talking to her and hugging her and telling her how beautiful she was and how thankful that they were, that she was still there and that she needs to just keep fighting. And that's why I love that show mm -hmm. is because, you know, we need more people like that in the world where they're open and transparent with the issues that they struggle with. And that's why I love Jared so much is because mm -hmm. he's transparent. He'll say, I screwed up. I screwed up. You know, this last time he hasn't had really much alcohol and he, he did have a little too much to drink and he got into an altercation and he, he went on to try Twitter after things kind of died down and said, hey, I wanted to tell you guys how thankful I am for each and every one of you, but I fudged up. I fudged up. Mm -hmm. And that's why people like Jewel and like Jared and like Jensen, they're transparent in the way that they talk to their fans. You know, they're very transparent. And that's why I love them so much. Sorry, honey. If Jensen and Jerry came and said, no, come do a show with me and leave him in the dust, I'd go for a uh, little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> honey, I wouldn't expect anything else from you. You know, I, Everyone I would, has I, their list that I is okay outside the marriage. I'm just saying. Well, <laughs> not saying it would be okay, you know, but I mean, I would honestly be shocked if she would say no to <laughs> I would literally like I'd probably be over there with you and then I get the call hey can you like play um so I can't say the actress's name because it gives it away but she was also one of those where it was supposed to be once and she ended up becoming more of an, an extra until her demise in one of the seasons and I would be like yes I'll play her daughter because <laughs> <laughs> She reminds me of so much of myself, and that's why I love the series. But enough of that to be natural before I get all mushy. So, yeah. what, what's yours? <laughs> before we're going to go after Jewel again and get the hard answers. <laughs> before I start crying. <laughs> yeah, um... Enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder can I make a podcast? But it seems so complicated. And good audio production can take time. What if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily? Well, now there is. Introducing Podcasting Made Easy from Podtastic Audio. My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is Podcasting Made Easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podcasticaudio.com slash easy. I'd say I'm, I don't really have a, a number one actor that I like. I um, I like the Skarsgård brothers, mm -hmm. um, you know, one of whom played the, the new it's it's mm -hmm. just their mm -hmm. their range is so incredible and um uh gustav of course played uh loki in vikings and mm -hmm. oh i love him 
that's just such a character i mm -hmm. i fucking love it um but the uh the one movie that uh, i'm probably gonna watch after the show just because of the actor is uh splits um because of mm -hmm. uh james mcavoy oh is he ever a how... talent oh, oh my gosh. gosh have you no. actually seen that movie yet yes I can't watch that movie. I can't watch it. I, I've seen it. I can't what do it. a talent. No, That's all I can I've say. I've seen it a few times. And just the, like, my favorite scene in the whole movie is when the, um, uh, sorry, spoilers to everyone who hasn't seen it yet. <laughs> if you haven't like seen me, it yet. Like me, because I can't get into it. You need to go fine. today and watch but if movie. you, Yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, dude, it came out in 2016. You're late. Uh <laughs> But it's the uh, the scene where the therapist actually catches him, like, how do I put this? Like, faking being another alter mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. And you see him just, like, the small matters and just, you know, straightening up and stern face. And all of a sudden, he's just this military man. But it's so subtle. But the, the difference is night and day. You know, mm -hmm. going from what was what is supposed to be this, you know, artist, the OCD neat freak to just, you know, military man, stern, strict, but in such a, a subtle way and such a subtle change. It's just um, and so thing, good. He played the fawn in um, Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, he did. Okay, and every teenage girl had a crush on him. And then he's going to split. And doing that performance, like yeah. that performance, he should have had a lot more nominations because mm. he played multiple characters, basically. Oh yeah, like yeah. That. just like I, that. And that's. I also skill. like. I also like how he, um, how he portrayed that. What is it like that six-year-old boy? Yeah. In that mm -hmm. movie, because I think like, it was just the sheer fact that you know I do have friends who do suffer from DID. As I do think I. that was too. Too, too raw for me to watch. I mean, because like, you know, talking to them about like, what is it like? Because, you know, I want to understand everything. Like, I'm the kind of person who wants to understand. I want to understand different things than I have because I have PTSD and depression. So I kind of want to understand what it's like to suffer from something else. And they said it's exhausting and that's how they said that movie even though they don't like it because it slaps them in the face like with how their life is but it is so raw because they say it's exactly how it is when they're switching personalities like that because like some movies who show like split personalities i know you guys can't see me do air quotes but like the split personality it doesn't do it justice like that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's no, what brought I, awareness to DID. That's what the movie brought uh, awareness to that disorder. Well, that's one of the good mm -hmm. things. One of very few good things that can come out of Hollywood. But uh, just how how he portrayed it as an actor is just so amazing. Yeah. Um, and I'd say another Another one that I really like, uh, Brenda, you mentioned him before, is Christian Bale. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I can see that with you, honey. Yeah, and especially because of, um, 
what is it? American American Psycho. That is the one was one of his harder roles that I've yeah. read. Yeah. Yeah. But just I I just you know I loved him in the, in that that movie, but it's so I can't watch it. <laughs> yeah, like, I think that's it's but it's so confusing at the same time because like especially at the ending where you know he confesses everything and it's like oh <laughs> yeah sure you know whatever man and it's like mm-hmm. I confess to everything. <laughs> I literally fucking snapped, and nobody seems to care. Like nobody even believes mm-hmm. me, you know. And the, mm-hmm. like the first couple of times when I saw that movie, I was just like, "Wait, like is he just imagining all of this? Is this like you know, like a psycho dream, or what, what's what's going on?" But it's just is this a delusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but it's just because he's like every other. Well, suits in corporate America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, you know, with what you do, Jewel, I I give you props because I couldn't be on the camera. Because it's like you put me on the camera and it's like a deer in the headlight. Like, look, like, hi. <laughs> I'm going yeah. over here now. Because <laughs> that's. Sometimes and that's kind of how I feel doing stuff like this. <laughs> when I'm on camera for acting stuff, it's fine. But it's like all of a sudden I, I I pop on and do some of these interviews and I have I've had those moments where I'm like, I have no idea what I'm gonna say right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um, I don't have a script in front of me. Oh no. No, not really. But <laughs> and that's where it's like I love behind the scenes. It's why if I could go back to school, I'd do special effects makeup. For sure. Yeah. And when it comes to actresses, I've kind of taken a uh, a liking to um, Anya Taylor-Joy. She oh, is gosh. Amazing. How did yeah. I know you were going to say that, dear? How did I not know? How did I not guess that? <laughs> She's your childhood crush. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. I don't. I don't even know. Well, then, fine. What is your childhood crush actress? There is a question for you. My hubby's oh. is uh, Char- Charlize Theron, and I said, you know what? Ooh. You get Can't your freebie break. with her if you can <laughs> find her. I mean, Char- Charlize Theron. E. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I even, I even said, <laughs> you know, I'm straight, but yeah. I would change for her. Just saying, mm. she's pretty beautiful. That's South, Af- South African. So I mean, she's got that. She's got that blonde European look without actually being, well, you know, European. She is breathtakingly beautiful mm-hmm. and knows how to use her body and her acting. But in the same time, you would never expect expect somebody looking like her to be such a talent, like in Monster. She's a badass. Wow, did she do she's a good? Scary job. when you provoke her. Yeah, she's like, one of these amazing actresses now too that's doing this resurgence that I love of you know these these girls that were like these women that have been like these bombshell actresses for yeah. ages, but now are like they're they're following like the Sigourney Weaver path and they're like mm-hmm. okay I've been this bombshell I've been the pretty girl guess what I'm Done. in my forties now I'm a freaking action star and yeah. that's yeah. what I'm going to do and like she they're, doesn't they're, even look her age either in these like, she's a no. she's a talent though for sure. Yeah, and, and that's what blows the... my mind is she's able to change herself in a way that you're like, 
is that Sharice Theron? Yeah. No, it can't then, be. And then you look at credits and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's definitely her. Yep. And then on the, the other side of the spectrum, if we're talking like the, the darker beauties, uh, Katharina Zeta-Jones. Mm-hmm. Especially oh, How did I not the, guess that one? <laughs> I mean, it's it's you know, uh, especially with the um, the new Adams family or no? Um, I loved her. Uh, oh, Wednesday, gosh, Wednesday. Yes. Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday. Wednesday. Like, I got you hooked on that show. Katharina Zeta Jones as the mother name slips me. Um, yeah, thank you. Sorry, Patricia <laughs> Adams and no, Gomez. No. Uh, everyone yeah, compares I, us to. I know. I know. She does such a good job. Mm-hmm. But she is perfect she does. for that role. Mm-hmm. She's perfect for that role. It suits her so well. I'm not sure about Gomez, though. Yeah. Hey, I, I pictured Gomez like that. I did. Even that though is, the older he was one. originally drawn in the original, like, kind of the comic stuff. It was, mm-hmm. he's actually mm-hmm. much more accurate to how um, how he was originally portrayed when the, the, the well, comic and stuff like that. Yeah. And he, he wasn't as so. suave as he was in the 50s, 60s shows. Mm-hmm. The one that, you know, where, um, what's her name? Who am I thinking of, guys? She played Wednesday, the original Wednesday. Christina Ritchie? Ritchie? Thank oh, you. Christina with, Ritchie. Yeah, with Christina Ritchie, mm-hmm. with the guy that played Gomez in that one, I fell in love with Adam's family series because of him. Mm-hmm. Because he was so them. good. Yeah. And I loved how they brought... Uh, Christina Rishi back in Wednesday. Yeah, I did too. Loved it. Brilliant. I wasn't expecting the twist and like I keep reading articles because yeah, I'm obsessed. That's like the one horror thing that I will watch. But I was watching. (laughs) That's not horror. No, I was going to say that's not not even kindergarten horror. We'll we'll get you there. I know, but you guys are (laughs) talking to Give her credit where it's due. It's baby steps. We all have a gateway drug. You build your way in. (laughs) Wednesday's the gateway. Nightmare on Elm Street. I heard that Christina Ritchie's character is not dead. No spoilers. They're going to somehow slip her back into season two. How can they not? She was brilliant. That would be interesting. Because the way that they're writing these articles, why else is she getting like an ominous text the moment she gets the phone? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so I'm like that kind of person where I'm looking at every angle. (laughs) One moment, guys. Okay, so, so last but not least, Jewel. Jewel and your I'm, turn. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with a twofer. Who's your favorite, and who do you consider your example? Like, who do you Ooh. like want to want to grow up to be as an actress? I've mm-hmm. always made I've always made the the comparison that I want to be Helen Mirren when I grow up. Oh, I love um, her. She she's she's one of those actresses that she has she's taken the stigma of what happens to actresses as they get older in Hollywood and stuff like that and basically thrown them at the middle finger and been like I'm gonna do whatever the hell I want um and so I've I've and everything like that I've seen her in from you know she goes from these very classic Shakespearean roles to chasing vin diesel down behind like behind the scenes to get cast in the fast and the furious because she <laughs> wants to. like i'm like i i would i would love to be helen mirren when, when i like, loved her in red yes she was awesome yes. she was so much fun oh and, my gosh yes yeah she's like the nicest meanest serial killing sort of assassin ever you just don't yeah. expect it 
Yeah. And she's like, oh, honey, let's go put some band-aids on your bullet wounds. Oh, I got to go get some corpses from my freezer. It's fine. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bake you cookies, but then I'm going to like, you know, go and, and yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't know if you've seen it. Sorry to interrupt, but which actress are we talking about? Helen Because I had to talk to my kiddo. Um, basically, oh, okay. in one of the opening scenes in Red, when she gets introduced, she's talking on the phone and said, okay, you know, basically she's going to help out. And then you see what she's actually doing. She basically disfigured a body a bit through a tub and was adding the acid to get rid of the body. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I'll be there in a few minutes. I'm almost done. Oh, yes. I'm, 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 I'll be there. I'll be there shortly. I'm almost done. And then, she, then you realize glug, 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 glug. Like, it's like... <laughs> But she's she's been one that I've watched for for ages, and and I've I've loved her in everything. And you know she she blew me out of the water. She was on one of the um what is it called um one of the like rap battle showdowns on like and she with uh, James Corden and she cleaned. I'm like oh Are yeah, you kidding me? Is there anything that this woman cannot do? Nope. And, you know, and there's, there's something very funny about her sitting there in, in like, I, I bring up the Fast and the Furious series only because like, she's sitting there lecturing Jason Statham, like on his behavior, because she plays his mother in the, in the, mm-hmm. in the series. And it's just, it, there is something hilarious. I'm like, and she, he's literally like, yes, 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 mom. mom. Yes, mom. <laughs> yes. Yes. Jason <laughs> Statham. It's just, oh, man. So, oh, it was a great scene. Great scene. Oh, yeah. I, I've probably I seen it, but I, I don't you remember. Have. You've talked to me about it. Yeah, but I, I, I don't remember much uh, from the Fast and the Furious franchise, like from like probably the fourth onwards, then it just became like another action franchise. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, good on them, you know, steady job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the studio has their action franchise, so. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, so I've, I've always loved Helen Mirren. So she would definitely be on my top of not only do I, I idolize and, and, and stuff, but, um, like she's one of those actresses that if I met in person, I would probably just burst into tears. I'm not somebody that's super starstruck <laughs> or like freaked out, but I think there would be just that overwhelming, everything about you is amazing. And I would just start crying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that though. With Helen Mirren, I get it. I can yeah. see it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you know she would be just so sweet about it too but it's just like I'm like you're making it worse <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah so she's definitely one of my, my favorite actresses of all time and um, uh, and, and again like like I said I've, I've definitely I've, I've 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 followed her for for ages and just I'm 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 transfixed in in her in her ability to choose roles that are always challenging her too. Like she's always in, in, again, it's back to that, what I was talking about, like, you know, always looking for that challenge with what's, with what's next. Don't go necessarily with what the next safe role is. Do something, do something, do something people aren't expecting you to do. And um, so, so love, love Helen Mirren. I could go on tangent after tangent about, about her. <laughs> um, but, and, and this one, this one's going to be, I've already, I've already kind of mentioned him once, um, but in terms of male actors that, that I, I, I absolutely have, I've watched through, you know, kind of through the, through the years and has been influential in their own way, but also one of my favorite actors in terms of the roles they choose, I'll go back to Jeremy Renner. Um, mm, love in, him talking about the the versatility and and stuff like that of 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 what he's played and he's proven that he can do comedy he can do mm-hmm. he can go from something like Dahmer to um I don't know if you've seen the movie Tag but mm-hmm. yeah that was funny <laughs> <laughs> it is a comedy and his character in it is one of ridiculous the, <laughs> ri- absolutely ridiculous 
Um, but it, 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 you know, it, it's, it, he's run the gamut. And I remember I actually got busted, um, for seeing, uh, National Lampoon's senior trip, which was his actual first, first Hollywood mm-hmm. movie that he ever did. I got busted when I was younger because we were supposed to, I don't remember what movie we were supposed to be seeing or that we told our parents that we were seeing, <laughs> but we snuck into that one instead. And I got caught. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I got busted but um you know uh, the other the big thing is 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 uh, listening to a lot of his interviews and things mm-hmm. like that about you know his process and discovering a lot of our our histories in, in a way or are kind of similar leading into into our careers and stuff like he has a background in psychology and stuff like that that he studied in school before he found acting that kind of thing so it's like the more I kind of started learning I'm like wow okay like <laughs> and the, when I found out he was part of Mensa I actually wasn't mm-hmm. surprised when you uh-uh. hear him in an interview. You, you mm-hmm. can tell. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so it's, it's, there, there's, 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 there's an intelligence quotient there. And, and again, and I think that's where I've kind of gotten in the back of my head as I, I'd heard him talk about, you know, if I show up to work and I already know all the answers, I'm immediately bored mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't want to do it. And I've kind of had that mentality my whole life of that was that was me. I was I was one of the AP kids. I was, you know, in, in stuff in school. And but one of the big things is, is when they before I started getting tested to go into like the AP classes and stuff like that, is they're like, they're like, well, why is she failing English? Why is she failing this? And they discovered very quickly it wasn't because I didn't know the material and they didn't want to do them. And I, you know, I, I, I just didn't want to do it because it was so it, it bored me because I was already, you know, kind of, you know, I was, I was, you know, speaking about horror stuff, you know, my kids are reading like, you know, like the boxcar children books in school. And I was already bringing HP Lovecraft to school with me to read. So, <laughs> Mine was um, Stephen King, but. And I did. Yeah, I was, it was Stephen King. Um, I had HP Lovecraft, but I was also mm. reading things like, you know, Bronte and yeah. things like that when I was like, you know, I was, I was, I was much younger. So mm-hmm. So I was, I was bored with some of the, you know, the stuff that we had to do. And so that was, that was once they, and of course, then with school, once they realized that that's what the problem was, they were like, okay, let's make sure she's not bored anymore. Um, and so, and I think, and that's, that's one thing I do. I, I love about acting though, too, is, is, is it's, it's never boring. Cause I never know what's going to happen. Like, even if I have a script in front of me, it all can change. And a lot of it changes depending on who you're working with and, and how you're acting. Um, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was sit down, shut up and listen to what's going on in the scene. Because if you over prepare so much in your head of this is, you know, being prepared is yes, I will never walk onto a set unprepared. However, if I have such a, an idea in my head of this is how the scene is going to go, but then my scene partner is in a totally different place with how they're they're interpreting that scene. There's going to be a weird disconnect, at least for a while, yeah. they're on the same page. And so, you know, you sit down and kind of and listen to those, listen to what's happening. And, you know, taking it back to back to Renner, he started his career doing so many of these kind of side roles that were mm-hmm. very, very small. And but he could steal a scene in those no matter what he even if he had didn't say a word for an hour of a film you were still kind of drawn to whatever he was doing well do you know piece of trivia one of his early roles was he was on buffy the vampire slayer yes yes yes. i did know that growing moments and i was doing a rewatch i'm like what (laughs) seriously but he i still remembered that character even though i didn't know it was him yep (laughs) which character was it again Remind me, which one? Um, I oh. cannot remember the actual character's name, but I was it actually Buffy or was it on Angel? Because now, okay, um, but he I'm googling. He was, 
<laughs> he was he was one of the um he was actually one of the he was one of the one of the big bads they had um early on, fairly early on um but he had kind of a history with angelus and um but he was essentially a serial killer now <laughs> he was season he played... one season one where was he Pen. Oh, there he is. Pen. Yes, that was the character's name. I okay. could not remember the character's yeah. name. I was like, come on, guys. I know this, and I'm fangirling over here. What is it? One, season one, and, episode and, 11. And Angelus was his father. So Penn was a vampire sired by Angelus in 1786 and later centuries became a serial killer nicknamed Pope by the Los Angeles press. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> I loved him in that. He looks yeah. like a baby. Yeah, he does look like a baby in that one. Yeah. I actually just did a I just did a, a watch. I finally actually sat down and watched the entire thing. Um I actually just watched uh, uh Hurt Locker not too long ago. I hadn't I hadn't actually hit that movie for whatever reason. He is so good in that. And that, that movie, one was so it's... gripping. It made me cry. Oh. All the things that one hit around. hard. As somebody who was in military spells before and that mm. box, oh, that hit so many emotions that you weren't expecting as a military spouse. Mm. And you're just like, oh, my God. We're so yeah. used to just boxing those emotions up. When movies mm -hmm. like that bring them out, it's like not good. It's yeah. up and cry. It was the same way with Army Wives. It was the same way with Army Wives. It's like, you know... I was a military spouse and then you're watching the series and you're just like, Oh my God. And I remember getting those phone calls. I remember, you know, being on the phone with one of the wives at 2 AM when she had someone showing up at her doorstep. It was just like all of those emotions that you did not remember having come flooding back. And you're just like, Holy I remember crap. when that happened. I remember. Yeah. And that's what shows yeah. he's a very talented actor. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking mm -hmm. of that, what was your favorite role that you were in and why was it your favorite role? Um, oh God, picking a favorite. That's, that's, that I feel like that's like picking a favorite child. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we all really kind of are. We all um, do it. Um, one of the, I think probably one of the most like intense, <laughs> fun ones that, that I look back on so far, and this kind of it got to channel a little bit of that Anita Blake thing into when I was, uh, that I was talking about earlier. Um, it was actually a student film that I was in. It was called The Countess and it was a very heavy action role, it, but it was, it was a vampire film, but, um, I was not the vampire, which I get cast as a vampire a lot. Um, <laughs> Gee, wonder why. Totally not typecasting. No, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I, I got to I got to play. Um, she was a police detective investigating uh, missing girls, and it leads to this this you know this this crazy you know situation with she goes to they get a lead on where the girl is and they go to you know they go to save the girl and there's a twist with her partner and everything else in the, oh. in, the in the film mm -hmm. and but it was it was i got again i got to channel a little bit of that anita blake energy that was always in the back of my head while we were filming but um i i got to i i got to be a hero which in kind of scary stuff i don't always get to do and mm -hmm. it was i got to be the hero i got to i got to raya stop <laughs> i got to i got to save the kid i got to you know i got to do i got to do all the really cool stuff and i got to do some amazing fight work in that one as well that would be fun 
so so yeah but she she in uh, playing renee renee was uh, was was again was a detective and she was she was a really really fun character to play so definitely definitely one of my favorites <laughs> so what are, i guess your dog wants to co-host with you now apparently yeah she's it, at least it's not like the the last interview i was actually on when my cat decided that i was ignoring him too much and actually knocked my entire setup over oh, <laughs> that sounds like yours honey yes. that sounds like yours That's yeah he, he decided that. he yeah. he was he was being ignored too much and just mm. like leaned into my tripod and everything it was just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. My, my, next my time we know. Yeah, my cat Timmy has the uh, has a tendency to uh, show his butts. Uh, <laughs> That's his I'm way of that. saying, "What about me? Look at my gloriousness!" Yeah. And it's like, oh. Yeah, hey, so my, my brother has two cats that love to do that on his live streams when he's doing stuff <laughs> in charity, and it's yeah. it's so it's like it's like, like no 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 no. <laughs> like I always try to like at least like cover it or just kind of fold his tail over it. It's like oh yeah, charming Tim. Thank you. <laughs> the whole world has seen it by now, I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah. everyone's heard my dogs too at some point, so it's okay. Yeah. They're loud though, especially but... the female. <laughs> yeah. Love her, but yes, mine just snores in the background occasionally, and I have to edit it out. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> mine gets a talking to the deer that kind of frolic in the neighborhood, the antelope, the occasional fox or coyote that they'll talk, and it's like. What are you guys doing? Oh, we're just making sure that everyone knows this is our property. Okay, okay, you're safe now. You're welcome. Or you know when your your mom and your kid come in and you know they get all hyped because oh somebody's in somebody's in the door. Yeah, <laughs> that's when I hate when people just ring my doorbell. They have no idea that they're setting off the house alarm. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get one of those signs for my door. If you ring the doorbell, you have to calm down the house alarm. <laughs> or bring treats. Bring treats. Or bring treats. Yeah. <laughs> People would get so confused. The house alarm. Calm down the house alarm. Oh, What's you'll hear him. Let me tell you. It's like everyone in the know. neighborhood knows him. You'll know. Well, they also everyone also knows my mail dog now. Everyone knows my mail dog now. Well, every everyone knows my cat too, but that's just because like. If he sees an open door, he's like, mm, let's check it out. <laughs> but like, he's your he'll... kitty co-host, huh? He's your yeah, kitty co-host. Yeah, too. But, you know, there were times late at night. I mean, long-distance relationship. So, yeah, late at night for me or, like, very early in the morning, which is, well, pretty much every day. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that You know, I there are times that, you know, I want to go to bed, but I, I don't... All right, I you guys are going to hear my well. alarm, so I'm going to mute my mic. So give me okay. one moment. <laughs> but, like, there are times, you know, I just don't feel comfortable going to bed knowing that my cat is somewhere outside doing, you know, God knows what. Who uh, doesn't so... want him outside? Are you going to change that? Who doesn't want him outside? I don't feel comfortable, and you definitely don't feel comfortable, and you'll Thank you. be chasing me you'll be chewing me out if i don't get him in but she loves me oh it's so a domestic of that fact too. so she says i fell for the cat first i fell for the cat first thank you yeah yeah i mean fellow ginger can't blame her 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember. No, I know, but I remember one night in specific that he was just chilling at the next door neighbor, and I was looking all around the freaking neighborhood, just looking for Timmy. And then you know, I I kind of I see that the the neighbor has his window open, so I just like kind of peek my head around the corner, and I'm like, "You bastard! You were just chilling at the neighbor all along." <laughs> <laughs> Like frantically searching around the neighborhood, fire fade. I remember panic, that call too, and you're and you're out of breath. I remember that phone call. I can't find him anywhere. Can't find him anywhere. And then you peer around the corner, and and I hear it too. And he's like, "You." And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then he comes just strolling in innocently, and just like, "What? I was just, you know, at my second home. What about it? What was I doing? What was wrong?" <laughs> Oh yeah. my goodness. And that's where it's so funny too because um Fox has kind of turned into the neighborhood cat dad. Every cat in the neighborhood wants to chill at his apartment. And Timothy does not like that. <laughs> oh no. At all. No, he doesn't. He I doesn't mean, there's like this it. one like, female it's... cat that me and Fox absolutely adore. She is so sweet. She's so funny. She'll sleep on his spot on, you know, because he has a couch that Fox has it's his couch and she was laying on it and she was curled up in a ball and you see him on the floor looking at her like I hate you now move yeah <laughs> he is very he's very territorial it's like his, his, it's the my funniest house, thing ever my too <laughs> my dad he does the same, but he does the same thing when his parents come over to visit They'll sit on that couch and he's looking at them and looking at Fox like, can are, you move are you gonna, them? Like, are you going to move, move them? them or what? Like, they're in my spot. <laughs> and that's what's so funny about all of our animals, too, because I'm surprised my kitty co-host's not in here because she'll meow and talk and just mm. tell the whole world how I'm so mean to her. I mean, animals can even help with acting like i remember uh it was nicholas cage i mean of course it was nicholas cage probably <laughs> <laughs> who, who tried to get his um or put up his octopus i believe as a tax write-off or like a business write-off mm -hmm. because he was using it like for his acting or like his acting training and i was like i mean i'm not surprised you would you know <laughs> i seen his burial crypt in new orleans it's it's a very small oh, pyramid i'm not surprised by anything after that <laughs> <It's interesting. laughs> so i do have another quick question what are your future goals concerning your career what do you have coming up um unfortunately i have a bunch of stuff that for various reasons i can't talk about right now <laughs> um can we get like like 30 questions and guess or <laughs> no, well some of it some of it has to do with union stuff so i'm uh, being very very careful uh, about right. what i am what, yeah. I, what I say we, and what i'm not saying um, don't want the mob chasing us and uh so just gotta it's, it's 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 just more it's it's they probably don't care but i would much rather not no, better safe and sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't want. I don't. I don't need that heat coming down on me for for any reason. And and I fully support my my people that are 
fighting mm-hmm. that fight right now because mm-hmm. it's it is a very very worthy one yes. um i've got um like i was actually talking about before we started today um production had actually moved has actually moved back because of other things but it's already kind of out there so i can talk about it a little bit um i actually got cast in a family drama which is is awesome because as much as i love doing horror of course you want to keep you know diversity up and doing all of those things as well um but the irony is is i got the script for the upcoming um family drama that i will be working on probably in the spring and my character is going to spend pretty much the entire time I'm on screen running from somebody in the woods. I love that. Running from scary things in the woods. So in a family in, in a family in movie. In a family drama. Okay, that sounds maybe are you running away from a Pokemon or <laughs> no, it's actually or... what I what I've gathered, it's actually pretty kind of a disturbing scene. It's it's kind of in, in the midst of this like hallucination kind of a thing that's happening. And so without oh. Oh. it's not my own hallucination. I am part of part of whatever is happening in this scenario. But um and it's a family it's a family, family movie. movie. It's it's it family in terms. I, I guess I should I should I should specify. It's not like it's not like a Disney family kind of a kind of a kind of a drama. It is oh, it is it's really? think of, think of it more as like kind of a lifetime kind of a story kind of a mm. thing of you know okay. family coming together kind of a thing. So so not necessarily like so less like Disney kind of and a little bit more. There's still there's still a lot of intensity to it. There's there's a lot of like coming of age. Okay, okay. And I, right. I, I wish Disney was more like that. <laughs> no, like the dark or something the actual but dark they are disney. you guys disney They're does do those dark things you just have to read between the lines yeah uh, i mean it, it like didn't really sound like this this wholesome family movie you know as you're running in the running woods, through the woods and, yeah it's like, totally something we need to watch with the kids on i'll let you guys know when it's out and you guys can you guys can like uh, it's totally pg you know running from the woods in <laughs> like a, a as me and Stan like poking each other like hey do we tell the kids we know this actress oh, it's her it's her <laughs> <laughs> but like we've i've also got um i've got a small series that's going to be a web series that's coming up where it's actually again it's not actually horror based um nice. but i'm actually playing an assistant district attorney for for it's kind of a kind of a crime drama kind of a thing so um i get to get to channel my enter if you've watched watched law and order um svu i get to channel my inner uh rafael barba a little bit mm-hmm. he's with my favorite ada in that show so um but uh and um so so i'm i i actually just got my first couple of couple of things for that um so i'm, I'm looking forward to kind of kind of flexing the uh the different the, the kind of a different different acting muscles there because there is a lot of a lot of uh a lot of speeches being made in that one <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I'm also um, in negotiations right now with um, a company called Flash Entertainment, um, mm-hmm. who has several product projects that are coming up that are all kind of intertwined in this crazy multiverse thing um, that are going to be coming up uh, in the next uh, next uh, in the next year, which seems like a really long time until I realize that we're in July already, and I have to I know the rest of this year has gone. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, so, so I'm in negotiations. There's there's a couple of productions that that um, I'm in negotiations for some roles in for that right now. And so, and then I've got a lot of stuff is kind of in hiatus and pushed back right now just because, because of, of the strike, of, because of the dynamic of what's happening mm-hmm. right now. And and a lot of them they would still probably be granted permission to move forward, but they're 
holding off just kind of in solidarity right now. So, mm-hmm. um, so there's, there's kind of, there's kind of a, a little bit, a little bit of a lull. Um, I'm also working, um, I haven't really talked about it on here a whole lot. Um, I'm going to be back here starting in the fall working with, um, my band, Sister Medusa, mm-hmm. who is a goth, goth music band. Um, the first I album. I that expected that from you. Goth band? <laughs> like, <laughs> shock, right? I know. Um, <laughs> country come on no like to- come on totally glam rock <laughs> <laughs> with a little side of emo yeah, yeah. well yeah that that the, the emo kind of kind of comes with that though too that would actually be really cool though. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, we're going to be in the process. We've got a couple of singles out for, for, that'll be part of the new album that are out on Spotify right now. Um, our first album, Lore is out, um, on Spotify. Um, there, there's link, that's all linked on my link tree as well. Um, but, uh, we're going to be back in the studio starting this fall, um, getting our next album cranked out. So that's, that's, that's another kind of project that's kind of happened that I kind of fell back into um the beginning of this year with with um with with Lauren and with with this band I've known I've known um Vox and uh and Gemini for way too many years that we're none of us are terribly comfortable sharing how long we've actually all been (laughs) friends um but uh they ended up back in the area and asked me if I wanted to come back and work on music with them. And it came at the perfect time. I ended up kind of in a weird hiatus thing because I broke my arm in January and um, slipped and fell on the ice, snapped my wrist. And so a lot of stuff, I had to back out of several uh, modeling and acting projects there because I couldn't do them with a giant cast on my arm. So, um, So the music came in um, kind of at a at a good psychological point. It was a nice, it was a different way to kind of be flexing the creative muscles at that point. So, um, and also you can catch me here and there on um, a show on a on a on a, a show called Zombie Palooza Live, Zombie Palooza Radio Live. Um, I am their resident screen queen, so I get to pop <laughs> in for <laughs> pop in for a bunch of stuff on there here and there. But their um, their show actually airs on. Uh, Tingler Television, which is a Roku channel. So okay. um, I'm oh, popping okay. in on there. Um, they're here and there. Um, I just got to be part of an amazing fundraiser for one of the, uh, the wonderful, wonderful gentlemen um, from The Walking Dead, who was one of the, I was, I was surrounded by walkers and I survived. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, so, so yeah, so it's, that's the, I, I pop on there and stuff to, to kind of help get to help them out every once in a while. And uh, talk about kind of where I'm at and what I'm doing at that moment and at that point in time too. So, mm-hmm. so you have a lot going on. You're a busy person. I I like to be a busy person. I I don't I don't like I don't do idle well. <laughs> do, you, do you do you take naps? Is I guess my big question yes. for you. Yes. Okay. I, <laughs> sometimes they're intentional. Sometimes they are not. Um, <laughs> Sometimes my body says, guess what you're doing now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, how do you even, like, have time for for this? Or are you just going to crash afterwards? I am. um this this is just this is the kind of again it's it's amazing how much energy you can find to put into things that you're passionate about and that you love doing and to get to be on something like this with people that are equally passionate kind of about the stuff that you're doing and you know want to learn more about what you're doing it's always it's always super cool to be able to do that so 
So you find a lot of energy when you're you're surrounded by your, the, the good people to do it with. So <laughs> the one thing I find oh, yeah. that I'm pulling out of what you've said today the most is the fact of your whole creative process and you're just a creative person. And this is just a massive outlet for that, which mm-hmm. carries over to the podcast life 100%. Um, I can see that, yeah. With, uh, for example, I'm a one person show and trust me, it could get tiring at night now. Yeah. Um, but you had a craft and something that you wanted to share. And we joined up, uh, both Fox and I and Firefay, to do that a different way. And so I see a lot of similarities between us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. except I just yeah. don't do good in front of a camera. <laughs> <laughs> what am I in front of me? You I don't can... feel bad. Don't feel bad. I don't either. I could joke all day on a on a mic, but a camera. Well, I mean, you know that that comes to there's you know different different people different out, and it would be really boring if we all did the same thing and had the same exactly. creative outlets. Oh, gotcha. Stuff like, like that, that, you know. Because I actually told my girlfriend we went to this party this weekend. We were talking a whole bunch of us, and I said, "You know how hard it is to be an introvert with a friend group full of extroverts." Damn you guys! <laughs> right? And she's like. Know you're an introvert. And I said, I can be introverted and talk into a mic very easily. I'm good. You're an ambivert like me. You're an ambivert. I'm good for a small group, but not, don't put me in front of a camera. So I give you kudos for being able to do that. That takes a lot to put yourself out there for everybody Mm -hmm. to see you in different ways. So I give you Mm -hmm. a lot of credit for that. Thank you. you. I've learned that sometimes podcasting is just... Uh, a little easier for people because the um, one of my guests I had on, very interesting gentleman, uh, Dylan Brody, he is actually, um, what's that, Dylan? I believe it was Dylan, that he is like slightly autistic, mm-hmm. but um, like is able to that do was like. was the last you know, guest before. Was it? Was your last guest on, yeah. Uh, oh, I've. Let me look at YouTube. You you keep talking. You keep talking. I have been cranking out content like crazy (laughs) lately. Um, No, I actually. I'm looking. You keep talking. I think it was Dylan. I believe it was Dylan Brody. uh, That was Jesus. That was beginning of June. I talked to him. The comedian, honey. The comedian. Like not 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 the last one, honey. I I've been doing like two three shows like for weeks straight now. But you know, oh, I know. slightly, I know. slightly I autistic. So you know, not not very good with the whole you know personal stuff, like person to person and whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's able to do you know, like get, give Zoom classes and to do podcasts mm-hmm. because you know he's like he's looking at you, but he's not like like really looking at you, like on a on a screen or in front of a camera. It's just. Mm-hmm easier to make it make it seem like he's looking at you so he's just much more comfortable with that mm-hmm. so like the whole you know pandemic thing and all of that when like everybody was kind of forced to go online sort of thrived that, on that mm-hmm. he did he did that, that's you know that's when he found out that like hey this is just so much easier I'm like, <laughs> i can wear sweatpants and have chips and never leave my house. Life is good. You're wearing it. Just be in PJs can, and you guys would never know. I can watch Netflix it. all day. Brenda, you're wearing pants? Really? I have pants on. That's my husband you're thinking of who never wears uh, pants. Just, yeah. Run around in underpants. 
it's a it's I mean, a good day in my household when he has pants. I'm just saying. <laughs> my whole neighborhood. I don't want to know. Pants. <laughs> he just doesn't care. He's like, I spent X amount for this house. I don't give a crap. So he'll just walk up in his boxers. Hey, how's it going? This just took a turn. <laughs> my whole neighborhood. That sounds like, like someone else I know. I hey, just, I'm not. I'm always topless. Okay, like especially in the summertime, <laughs> it's just warm. Okay. Like that's your excuse i could say that's that your neighbors excuse. have not seen my I'm gonna underwear go so. with that i'm gonna go with that okay <laughs> See, poor neighbors like, walking by say yes to this <laughs> exactly thank you this is my own personal <laughs> horror movie <laughs> she's talking about underpants me oh, oh man just took a turn oh and it is, and it is being recorded go figure <laughs> well you are surrounded by ladies hon so it's gonna happen this is what happens oh. you when you let a podcaster out of their basement <laughs> oh boy we that have no wrong. life oh that dear sounds wrong <laughs> <laughs> That oh, that actually kind of sounds like the, the the premise for like a pretty decent horror movie, like a podcaster forced to make podcasts in you know someone's basement, being captive and whatever. And, and, oh, they what leave if you, the what basement if was... and they find out it's the apocalypse. Ooh. Mm. What they if the just... guests are all like part? Of, he's actually a killer, and he's interviewing all of these guests, like that he has on this podcast. Yo, and those yeah. are like, they die. like a true crime podcast. Like a true and crime he's reporting on his own happens. crimes. Oh, that's hang brilliant. on. You, you've oh, got this. That... We need to write oh. this. Um... Yeah, get your get your brother and sister on this, Fox. Get them on them. Oh we shit! Yeah, this. I I should. I'll ch I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna forward the. Uh... I'm gonna. I'm just gonna clip this and forward it to my to my siblings and be like. And then Jewel can be the the innocent podcasting victim that comes in for an interview, and then well, it goes wrong from there. But let me, you know, let me be the one that final girls it though, and you know. Yeah. You don't worry. I'll just do the makeup. Yeah. Okay, guys, I'll yeah. do behind the scenes and then go elsewhere. I'll, I'll do the technical stuff, Julie. Like, yeah, you can just be the uh, like the last survivor who actually manages to, you know, to nail him once and for all. <laughs> I can play the killer if you want, because my voice doesn't sound killery. So I think it would make it sound yes, more yes. funny. I'll just like be all bubbly and stuff, and then all of a sudden I go dark. <laughs> Awkward. Okay. I think I think that we just got ourselves the next horror hit right there. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We're we already like copyright, patent pending, et cetera, et cetera, right now. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. For sure. I'm, I'm gonna you might want to just... snip this section out once it actually goes up, you know. Yeah, just send it to your brother and your sister. Yeah, I, like like I said, I'm gonna clip this, leave the clip out. It's like maybe a bit of a weird transition, but it doesn't matter. It's my podcast, my show. <laughs> what I want? Who's show? Who's show? Then you could do our, like this, the famous show. screen where they have like the you know the the old black and white TV screen. You could just plop it in there and say, "Uh, we're busy," or like the popcorn that walks across the stream and it says, "Sorry, busy talking about no. digital ideas." Do, 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 go get your popcorn. Or it could just be like, and like, um, with, like with an interview. Go get your snacks. <laughs> or just like the warnings that they do on the shows. You know those warnings that they put across the TVs? Just like, this is yeah, just like, the just, test. Yeah, 
just you know this oh, is that happened to me that happened if you guys know the purge that happened to me i yes. was actually downtown here um I don't know what I was doing. I was running around downtown a couple days ago and I don't know what was going on, but down the street, like it sounded like the purge siren was going off and I'm like, oh, here we go. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is not a drill friends. I still have no idea what was going on, but I made a that's beeline. That's Denver though. Remember that's Denver for you. You're always scared of what's going to happen. Note to self. Don't go to Denver. Got it. <laughs> It's true. Don't go to Denver. I show up and it's not the heck? Just, uh, just arriving at the airport, you're greeted by these just big blue freaking horse with this. Mm. Oh, Lucifer! Yes. I mean, you didn't see it at night. You didn't see it at night. That's the thing. No, you didn't see no. It luckily, I didn't. Big glowing red eyes. Yep. Luckily, what I didn't with see your it at airport? night. Yeah, my airport just has like you know the the duty free shop. That's about it. You you missed the um the when we had also had the the god of the underworld. We had Anubis out there next to Lucifer for a while as part yep. of a promotional event thing. So and they also sure. have the murals that he didn't see. He didn't mm -hmm. see those doomsday murals that were famous. Murals and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. mine has like and everyone has different scenes. interpretations. You know, like different views of Canada. There's a guy portaging. That's all I get. You guys get Anubis? What got, what's wrong we with We have Anubis. Airport? We have a horse that's eyes that glow red at the Denver and other airports here in the mm -hmm. state. And we also have the Doomsday murals that everyone seems to want to interpret to say, this is what it means. And this is what it actually is not and this is what it means and there's so many interpretations to those murals it's not even funny i think we're just high on maple syrup over here <laughs> we're just like let's paint let's play in a nice scenery with the guy portaging oh put in a beaver in there it's good I mean, we like we just have like this huge i amsterdam kind of logo and the ironic part is that the airport isn't even in amsterdam r says like, yow it's the airport code. Sure, but sweet. <laughs> but yeah, it, and, and the worst thing is nobody who gets here knows what Yao means, except the people who live here because we drive past a sign. <laughs> it's like, yep. It's a Ottawa. It means Ottawa. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's the same thing with people who don't know what it's funny. Um, I was I had a relationship with someone who worked in the airports and he told me all these different airports, and you're just looking at it like are these people high? <laughs> Why did they come up with Anubis? And I get, you know, it was actually a promotion that they were doing for was, uh, yeah. for a museum exhibit we had like going on here for a while. But it was so boring. It was an Egyptian thing. It was huge. Yeah. I mean, there were people coming out of country to see this exhibit. Hmm. Damn. Okay. Yeah, it was big, and that's what's so funny is like. People are like, oh, you guys have a horse. And then the people who are native to the state are just like, you obviously haven't seen it at night or before the sun comes up. It's like, yes, we have a horse. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A very demonic horse. Yeah. Well, and here's a little unknown fact. That statue, um, the artist actually was... I hate saying this on air, but he was actually killed two months yeah. before it was put into installation. But did wow. it, like, wasn't, like, the statue, 
the killer didn't he like get mm -hmm. crushed or something he was he was yeah. by the actual statue yeah yeah he was smushed by it what do you guys yeah. do at your airports like the worst thing that happened here was like a guy who got hit by lightning two weeks ago but that's it <laughs> it was because don't go golfing when it's a thunderstorm. That's all I'm saying, people. Just a little piece of life advice. Do not hold a big metal stick when you are out in a thunderstorm. That's but you Canadians always do something like that, though, don't you? Not really. The rest of us know, because that's like a lightning rod. We just go inside. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Just giving you a hard time, Brenda. I'm just picking up the clothes. But yeah, it's true. It's like... You know, then you go down to where I'm at, which I'm not going to say because obvious pri privacy. Privacy reasons, that's fine. Huh? No, just privacy reasons, that's fine. Do continue. Yeah. But with ours, you go down there and it's like, where's the doomsday murals? Oh, wait, they have the scary horse. Okay, okay. Mm. Is that every airport? Because I heard that there's one at my airport, there's one up in Denver, there's one yeah. out east. I, I mean, I think see, it's like a Colorado thing. I think I missed the one at your airport though, because like I no, did you didn't. No, you didn't. I didn't. It's just that no. motivating. You walk past it. Oh, that, that explains. No, the you actually there. yeah. <laughs> there's there's only one entrance into that airport, and you see it going in and out. Honey, it was like a 15-hour flight. I was tired. <laughs> I'll never forget when you called me when you were in um, Houston. Or was it Houston? Um, no, Dallas. Was Dallas. That? Yeah, Dallas. You guys, Dallas that was I mad. have to tell you, I have seen him tired. And then I've seen him jet lag. He called me and he looked like he was just like stoned yeah. off of just no sleep i mean just the look on his face and when sleep the deprived going through like several time zones and still needing to get my transfer which of course was delayed because you know and then national flights the security guards were like sir you're gonna have to move over and he's like he looked at me and one looked at them and he's like huh <laughs> it, it didn't register. <laughs> I was just so tired and jet lag was like, sir, you're gonna have to move over a bit. I was like, what? Huh? <laughs> yeah. And then you're you know, like going from the Netherlands. You understand English? You understand down. English? And just like he's like, they asked, Do you understand English? And he's just like sitting there. And he's like you can tell he wants to say yes, but he's like, nay. Uh, <laughs> and then they saw me on the screen and they're like, does your girlfriend speak English? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, my default language is Dutch. So when I'm really tired, I mean, honey, come on. You... <laughs> Just, then they asked me, ma'am, can you ask him to move? And I was like, <laughs> I need to ask him in English to move. <laughs> exactly. So I was just like, honey, this nice security guard is asking you to move. Oh, sorry. Sorry. 
Oh, we've all been there. We've all been there at some point or another. <laughs> it, just, it was the look on his face. And I was trying so hard not to laugh because it was just like that. I, I know you guys can't see me, but it was like that deadpan like look where you're just so tired. You didn't know what to do. Oh, boy. It was it was horrible. It wasn't like just the flight itself was a whole freaking adventure. Like, oh, well, and he was because like, second pause, and then they go into English. So I, <laughs> I think in his mind, he was waiting for them to translate it into Dutch form because it was just like. I mean, I don't I don't even know what uh -huh. I was waiting for. I, I I don't think I like really knew anything at that point. Coffee wasn't even cutting it, which was even the funniest part. You were just like yeah. holding your coffee cup. Like you were just standing there yeah. just holding your coffee cup, not sure what to do. And that's when I'm way gone, like if even coffee doesn't fix it anymore. <laughs> no, you were standing there just looking at it and looking at me like I don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> Well, anyway, before we, uh, before I don't even know fire, how we got on that topic. Uh, you just like to embarrass me, is all. Uh, mm. <laughs> Maybe. Three years and counting, and trust me, I'm counting. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been uh, fun. <laughs> for you. <laughs> anyway, I guess uh, we're, Jesus, we're almost two hours in um so final question like pretty standard question but um what do you like better playing the bad guy or bad girl or like playing the good girl or what is more challenging um, they're both challenging in their own right um but i'm i'm probably because because it happens so frequently but I'm I'm a little more unexpected in doing so because I am I'm I'm a petite girl I'm smaller so I like being the bad guy because it typically is the I'm not always the expected one that you're gonna you're gonna think you know you you expect you know you're especially especially in horror stuff you expect your bad guys to be a little little more intimidating a little you know and stuff but to uh, to to be the to be the little bit a little bit scarier is always fun um and it's always it's always it's always fun to try to make a villain also you know i i, I don't like playing necessarily straightly black and white characters if i can if i can avoid sometimes they're really fun when it's just mm -hmm. really really easy to know oh no this there is there is no there is no sympathy for this character whatsoever but um so those those can be fun but i i like i like finding those little nuances in 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 playing playing the bad guy so <laughs> yeah well i can imagine it being more fun like yeah it, it kind of sounds to me like being the bad guy you have a lot more freedom in it as oh, well mm -hmm. because as a oh, good yeah. guy you're so limited straight and, laced know, yeah yeah you know just white bread straight laced i always cheer for the bad guys they're misunderstood they had trauma they usually they are they, they usually need, are yeah, they need support too just because they killed a couple people don't mean you can't rehabilitate them maybe or, you know a couple hundred or you know <laughs> but yeah. cheering for cheering for the heroine is just 
come on. <laughs> a lot of I think, I think that's, you know, the, the couple of times I have played played a good guy, it's also been a little bit more morally gray good guy, maybe. Mm. Like we're still Love gonna those. do what we have to do. And so those those are those are the fun, fun good guy characters to play. So And that's <laughs> one thing that you find about horror movies is either you have the very definite black and white characters, but I mm. find that horror movies that are coming in from mid to late two thousands on are really embracing that moral you know that mm -hmm. that moral side that mm -hmm. do you follow a straight line no you don't you know the good old screen or screen movie in the very beginning you know they have their list of what you follow you know if you're yep. a virgin you survive but if you're not you're as good as dead and yep. if you're I love a blonde white girl you always trip exactly so that's why i love the, the more modern movies that are more complex like for example the insidious movies are very oh, complex yes you know in comparison to the very but i also love the 80s campy stuff too where oh, it's like yeah the cheerleader <laughs> and a guy with a knife and yep. it's just very black and white and you know what to expect those are kind of like wearing a company those are, I mean, and i love all of it i absolutely mm -hmm. love all of it and i love doing all of it like you know whether it's you know super campy this is exactly you're gonna get exactly what you want here out of this exactly what you think you're going to or the more cerebral, more, you know, more psychological ones. I, I love every aspect of it. So that's wonderful. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for this. Uh, well, close to two hour. Two hours. Podcast. Yeah, we're like, yeah. An, we're like an hour 55. in. so I guess like with the, the whole rounding up and plugging our stuff and whatever, like we're, we're, we're going to go in, uh, over two hours probably so um i mean I, you plugged your stuff already but that was like what like 20 minutes ago already <laughs> so um well, where can we find you yeah. um easiest thing to do is um to kind of keep up with what's going on um like i found you guys um i am on twitter um my link is in for twitter is because i always get it wrong um when i try to say it on 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 air but uh, my twitter is in um in my link tree um other than that um i am on instagram i am on facebook as the jewel cavassos um you can find me on tiktok as the jewel cavassos um actually i think it's just jewel cavassos on facebook those are on, all on my all on my my linkedin links as well that's the easiest way to kind of keep up with what's what's or uh link linkedin link tree um that's the easiest Plus, way to keep up with with what i'm going what's going on and kind of see some fun like especially my instagram there's a lot of kind of i try to post some you know behind the scenes of stuff what's what i'm working on and um when i can and there's uh, so so instagram i'm pretty active on and people can contact me through there too so great thanks i um have your link tree and a couple of uh of the links up in the description box down below of course i always make sure to uh, to do that um brenda thank you so much for uh for co-hosting this one um, no problem Anytime. where can the people where can the people find you where can they find a horrifying history <laughs> Well, Horrifying History is on any um, podcast provider. I'm on Twitter at HorrifyingHIST1, on Facebook at Horrifying History, and Instagram, and now threads, I guess, at Horrifying underscore History. Oh, you meant to step to threads. Oh, well, mm. you know, it's really, they made it easy for you. You just, it basically imported in your uh, Instagram. Instagram, so. yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's I haven't jumped that ship yet, but. <laughs> I, well, you know, they actually change your algorithms and mess up your Insta if you get off. 
That's what the people are saying. So I'm like, um, just deactivate the account and walk away. You're fine. Mm -hmm. Little hint for everybody out there. So far, it's Twitter. I'm just saying. I was going to say, it just seems like it's Twitter, kind of Twitter light. So (laughs) (laughs) that's what I call it is Twitter light. (laughs) Oh, it's just so many, you know, social media platforms popping up and whatever. And so much work. It seems to all like either be like Twitter or Meta or like Facebook or aligned mm-hmm. or adjacent or yeah. whatever. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you both very much. And Firefay, honey, of course, thank you for uh, absolutely exposing me and bullying me as you always do. <laughs> someone's got to, I mean, someone's got to, yeah. but so, like, yes, what, I mean, of course, you know, I'm always going to be here. You know this. Yeah, someone's got to, so why not my loving wife, you know? (laughs) You've dealt with it for three years. How many more years do we got? Uh, An eternity? Okay, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a a long ass time. Infinity and beyond. (laughs) Things you do for It's a well needed time, and I plan to intend to use it well this time. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, as I... But I'm always here, you know, I'm always going to co-host. I'm going to be mushy, and you know I love you. Yes, yes, I do. I do. So... As he's blushing. Sorry, girls, I had to make him blush on air. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Three years and counting, and like I said, trust me, I'm counting. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, love you too, baby. Uh, but yeah, thanks. Jewel, thank you. Brenda, thank you, honey, for uh, for coming on the show. This has been a uh, this has been a fun one. We really went all over the place, uh, really. <laughs> uh, but you know those yeah. those are the fun ones. You just you know let it let it flow, um, let, let it flow. Really. Jewel, it was nice meeting you. It was wonderful it was really meeting nice you guys. Meeting. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, if once you uh, have a little more free time and have wrapped up some of your uh, your projects, I would love to uh, to have you on again. Absolutely. We can absolutely. talk about her album when it comes out. That would be a yes. fun one. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, for to. sure. I would love to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I have you on Twitter, of course. Yes. So uh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll keep checking and uh, I'll... <laughs> Uh, I'll subscribe on uh, Spotify as well to your uh, your bands, and I'll see what that's what that's all about. I always love discovering new bands. Um, <laughs> it kind of gives my playlist a new boost. Um, always fun. So, <laughs> oh, for sure. Put it on our playlist, hon. We'll put it on our playlist. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, thank you all. Thank you all who uh, who watched us. Thank you all who sent us some comments and questions in the live chat. Thank you all who are listening to this afterwards on all the podcasting platforms. Uh, You can find us, the Greyhorn Pagans, and all that we do uh, simply through our website, www.greyhornpagans.com. You can find, of course, the podcast there, the tribe itself, a couple of our Substack articles. Many of us are doing Substack now. Uh, Thane Josh, his book is on there. Of course, uh, you can schedule yourself uh, on the podcast uh, um, 
on the website or through the website. Let, anyway, just anything Greyhorn Pagans on the website, www.greyhornpagans.com. Thank you all so much. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment, um, ring that bell. Uh, what, what else am I supposed to shield? Share. Uh, Share. Have, have a nice share yet. And go follow Jewel and Miss Brenda yeah, for playing history. Yes, that too. Definitely go follow our guest Jewel, our co-host Brenda, and while you're at it, follow Firefay as well. Not too closely though. I am warning you. <laughs> uh, you might yeah. be fooled next. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you're. If you do that, you're going to be written in the script. Mm -hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thank you all. Thank you, ladies. And yeah, it's been good. Until next time. Bye bye. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Sure. Bye.